the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all for the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. I'm Tess. Hey, Tessie Tess. <laughs> hey. Tess, no. Tessie, Tessie oh, no. McTesserson wow. is in the house. Too many Tessies lately. You guys were on <laughs> Dr. DC and Richard Call Me Tessie, and now you got, This needs to stop. <laughs> stop. Okay. All right. You are just Tessianos from the go. OCD podcast. Could you... uh? Tell us all about yourself. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us, you know, um, do you like long walks on the beach? What? What about you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, hey, I'm Tess. I'm from the Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. And if you like comic books and if you're new to comics and or if you're old to comics, it doesn't matter. Come on over. We just have some fun and review some comics. And uh, this month... Um, we are, I'm doing 31 days of horror comics. So from October 1st to October 31st, I am dropping one episode per day to review a horror comic. Yeah. Yes. Super awesome. Um, a lot of really excited for all the different comics that you have coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know John is on one of them. I believe I'm on one of them. Yeah. I'm number one, baby. I'm number number one. one. Number one. I'm number one. And then I'm like number 17 or some shit like that. And that's totally fine. I'm number 17. Number 17. I think you're like, I think you're number 12. You're, you're up there. You're pretty up there. Okay. Yeah. I'll don't take, worry. I'll take, I'll take. It doesn't matter. Either way, they're uh, fant- fantastic content. Any time that we get to podcast with you is a good time. Oh. And so today, now, John, we are doing a ghostly episode, if you will, but it's only one specific ghost. A really friendly ghost we want to talk about. We're doing an all Casper episode. So we are going to review the 1995 film Casper. We are going to break down the 96 to 98 uh, spinoff movie or spinoff show, The Spooktacular New Adventures of Casper. And then we're going to do a casting of Casper using actors of today. So, John, I can't remember. Did Tess, did you request to do Casper with us? Is this something that, that you liked when you were younger? Um, I loved this movie when I was younger. I basically memorized it and I haven't watched it in probably a decade and it still was in my brain. I was like, oh, and then he does that. Oh, he didn't do that. Uh, but no, I was just bugging John. I was like, look, I'm one of the spookiest ghouls you ever know. Please have me on one of your spooky episodes because I don't review movies. I review comics and I'm mm-hmm. dying to review a Halloween movie. So it just happened to work out. Yep. Yeah, probably not the most spooky of movies to do, but... <laughs> what? There's but, ghosts! It's a haunted house. How could that not be spooky? Yes, well, we'll talk all about that when we get into the film, but for now, John, could you set our minds back to 1995? All right, so the movie came out on May 26, 1995. I would have been all of 14 years old, probably getting ready to either start high school or I was in high school, or it might have been my freshman year. You're right about, right about the same age as our lead actress, Christina Ricci. Yeah, in fact, she's she's only about, she was born in February of 1980. I was born in December of 1980. So she's yep. almost a year older than me, but yeah, it's the same year. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, the Billboard Top 100 single of that week is This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan.
Amazing. This is how I do it. This is how we do it. Yeah, it's Friday night. Yes. What a good song. All of us, all three of us just started like bopping and just like go, getting into it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Good song. Uh, topping the Nielsen ratings that week was Home Improvement. Okay. Wow. Good That's show. interesting. I, yeah. Didn't realize that it was really a Nielsen topper, but yeah, it was a fun show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was big. Yeah. Um, the part Ad- I know Adam's always excited for, um, <laughs> talking about our New York Times bestsellers, was Books. The Rainmaker by John Grisham. Okay. I'm not familiar with The great, with the Rainmaker, but John Grisham put out some pretty good stories. Yeah. I think I've seen the cover to that book. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's probably about as good as I'm going to get from you, isn't it? Yeah, well, did they make a movie? Didn't they I think they did make a movie out of it, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of remember that. Tess, were you a big reader, like novels and stuff? Um, I was a Harry Potter kid, so yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, yeah. It was with Matt Damon at, uh, <laughs> at the, the Rainmaker. Is it? Oh, wait, it's a movie? It is a movie? Well, it, it was It was a book, book first, first, and then they made it into a movie. Okay. Adam, do you read? <laughs> do you well, know how to read, Adam? Do you know how to read? <laughs> I read comics, and then I'll talk to you about, about there them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've, read, I've read the Harry Potters. I've read the Game of Thrones. I've read Lord of the Rings. I like to read stuff that makes me feel good um, or, you know, fun science fiction-y stuff. Um, yeah. Or actually, I really like, like, interesting, um, like, biopics. Like, I've read uh, a Chris Farley biopic, a Freddie Ooh. Mercury biopic. Nice. Um, Couple other ones that are I thought were particularly Man- mankind who's a wrestler. His his one his biography is really good. So uh, anyway, it, it's just it's it's not my go to medium, if you will. <laughs> Got you. All right, uh, video games um, that month I think uh, was uh, the game that was released was one called Light Crusader for Sega. Not one I've played before. Okay. Yeah, we did not have the Sega system. No. No. And the one last little thing I'll say about 1985 is uh, Windows 95 that year, obviously, uh, was the second most installed piece of software on a computer. Do you want to know what number one was? Sure. Can't wait. I, I Can I take a guess? Yes. I'm going to guess AOL because they sent out oh. all those damn disks. <laughs> Everybody got like 20 AOL disks. Uh, I don't think no. that was 95. No. It no, was a video later. game called Doom. Oh, wow. From the movie? Based off the movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you say Doom or did you say Dune? Doom no, like Doom. Doctor Doom? Okay. D-O-O-M. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Yes, Doom like Doctor Doom. <laughs> no. uh, that was God, that was a ubiquitous game, pretty much, uh, other than us. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else I knew had that game. Yeah. I, we did play it, though. I absolutely played the game. I just don't think we, we just didn't have it. We had Wolfenstein yeah. 3D yeah. that we played forever. Which was probably less scary and violent, which is probably why we had it. Because mm-hmm. Doom was all about like weird monsters and aliens. Mm-hmm. So that was 1995. Right on. All right. Well, now that we are thoroughly back into 1995, let's talk Casper. Casper 95. This film was directed by Brad Silbering. Uh, he, Silberling, he directed. City of Angels, um, the series of misfortunate events with Jim Carrey, mm. a couple of other, th- other things, but that was his biggest stuff. Um, the character of Casper was created in the late 1930s by Seymour Wright and, jo- and Joe Oriolo. Uh, the, the former, uh, Seymour, devised the idea of the character, and then uh, Oriolo provided the illustrations uh, and kind of actually did the, the actual character design. He was initially intended for um, a 1939 children's storybook 
uh, which came out. Um, but then Wright was, well, he was away on military service during World War II, even before the book released. Oriolo sold the rights to the book to Paramount Pictures for all of 175 bucks. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. So this one-time payment was all that he received, missing out on uh, on the share of revenue that was earned from films and comic books and merchandising wow. on Casper. So I think I think either I think it was Wright who got really screwed on that one. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. that was a total like Superman moment, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that kind of thing. So uh, this film uh, was in part executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Uh, we all know Steven Spielberg; he's freaking amazing at everything. And with that big name comes a lot of other fantastic people who were a part of this film this film was edited by michael kahn who michael kahn is one of spielberg spielberg's like main editor he's done he's edited jurassic park minority report saving private ryan raiders of the lost ark schindler's list goonies so many more he's an amazing editor Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of fun seeing casper on on his (laughs) list along with these other great films yeah music which the music was quite good in this movie Mm -hmm. um was done by one of my favorites, uh, James Horner, who mm. passed away back in 2015, but he has done Aliens. Um, oh, actually, just listen to Aliens, American Tale, Balto, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Land Before Time. Those are just movies that you and I have gone over. Yeah. Besides that, he has done Braveheart, Cocoon, Field of Dreams, Commando, The Rocketeer, Apollo 11, and literally like almost countless other amazing scores. Yeah. So Hugely prolific composer. He is. Uh, and then also I want to bring up Dean Cundy, who is the cinematographer, uh, one of the best cinematographers ever to live. He's done a lot of stuff with um, Spielberg as well or Spielberg related projects. So he shot Jurassic Park. He shot Apollo 13. He shot Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He shot all three Back to the Future movies. He shot The Thing, Halloween, Escape from New York, and tons more. So the cast, the crew, the crew on this movie is unbelievable. The cast burr. So. No. The cast, <laughs> yeah, the Casper cast, as we're going to go into, is also pretty damn good, too. Yeah, uh, they Casper, were stacked. <laughs> they even had, is. like, these cameos. I was like, damn, I damn, know, damn. I know, we'll talk about those. <laughs> Ca- Casper is voiced by uh, Malachi Pearson, who really the only other thing I saw that he did was also the spooktacular New Adventures of Casper. He re- reprised his role as Casper in the cartoon. Besides that, mostly just some small parts. Cat is uh, played by Christina Ricci. Most people would know her from Adam's Family, mm-hmm. uh, the movie Now and Then. She was in Sleep and Hollow, Sleepy Hollow, Black Snake Moan, good bit of stuff. Fantastic. I mean, she was a huge kid actor in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. She got all the really cool Halloween movies, too. I'm so jealous. She owned she owned kids Halloween in like yeah. the early 90s. Totally. Absolutely. She's got those big eyes, the big ghostly eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know yeah. she didn't, when we did the list, I know she didn't make my, my top 10 list, but she was definitely one of my kid crushes growing up. Yeah. I feel like I remember that. It, absolutely, Christina Ricci being one of your, your big crushes. Oh, yeah. Doctor, yeah, we're going to be talking about more about kid crushes a little bit later. <laughs> like, like Final scene. Oh, my God. Um, all right. But Dr. Harvey is played by Bill Pullman. Uh, most people should know Bill Hol- Paul Pullman from Independence Day, Newsies, Spaceballs, plenty of stuff. Um, Kerrigan, our main villain, is played by Kathy Moriarty. She is mostly known for Raging Bull. She's also been in a small part in Kindergarten Cop. But for me, this is definitely her most famous role. Yeah, I absolutely remember it. Absolutely. She's, she's a good villain. I and, and tell me if I'm weird on this one. Yes. <laughs> when she... Okay, this movie came... This I am weird. Yes. Thank you, Tess. Uh-huh. This movie came out in 95. When this movie was shot... I guess when she was shot 
or when it came out, whatever, she was only like 34 years old. Wow. And even even rewatching it, I'm just like, she seems way more mature. Way, way, or I'm 34 right now. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> She seems she seems more of an adult. It's <laughs> this her film voice. That I, it's her like old yeah. lady scraggly voice. Yeah. Oh yeah, she is a smoker. You could tell she had to be a smoker or something like <laughs> what? that. No. Yeah, she's just that good. I am Kerrigan. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever it was. Yeah. She had that. She or she she really got that. What is that? Uh, vocal fry that all the girls are doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she she really had that hard. Mm-hmm. I love. And it. then her kind of sidekick Dibs is played by Eric Idle. John, we talked to about him a little bit on the Transformers, the movie, because mm-hmm. he played, he voiced Rekgar. Um, but Eric Idle, everyone should know him from Monty Python. Yeah. He was part of the Monty Python crew. Yeah. So a, f- a couple of fun little facts uh, that I saw. This movie, well, they apparently credit it as the first movie that had an all CGI uh, lead character. Like oh. the first, first movie with like a full CGI, like only lead character. Now, granted, okay. I guess so. Yes. This came out the same year as Toy Story, didn't it? Yeah, ninety five. I mean, yeah, but it all came out Toy Story was CGI. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, it yeah. came out before, before Toy Story. Yeah, before Toy Story. Yeah, so I guess technically they kind of get. I mean, because he was like a lead. He wasn't the lead character. To me, Christina Ricci probably is the lead. Yeah, but well, but he's then the title character. So he is the title. Yes, he's the title it's character. In the title, Adam. Yeah, I know. Fine, <laughs> fine. I'll give it to him. Um, but then also with the, uh, with the use of CGI in this film. Uh, its effects required an equivalent of 19 million floppy disks to cre- to create <laughs> all the graphics disks. for this Love one. It. Taking so. me back to middle school. I will uh, say this cast, um, because mm-hmm. this is one of the first movies that I ever watched because I was five when this came out, I would watch those over and over and over and over and over. Anytime I would see that those cast members in any other movie, I would always be like, oh, that's the guy from Casper. Oh, that's the girl back, from Casper. Yeah. So I didn't know what's his dibs from Monty Python until I saw Monty Python uh-huh. in like my 20s. You're like, oh, that's the guy from Casper. Yes. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, funny. All right, let's get into our breakdown. Uh, we start off with some kids are at this scary house. Uh, they want to get a picture to prove that they're there. You know, it just kind of sets up that this house is, you know, the locally haunted, scary legend of the town. Did you recognize one of those kids? I did. I was just about to ask you the same thing. So we'll shift that question over to Tess. N- no, I didn't recognize okay. either of them. Mm-mm. Who are they? Who are they? Well, I don't know who one of, who the other one is, but one of them... Uh, is an actor named Chauncey Leopardi who played Squints in The Sandlot. Yeah. I don't know. Were you a Sandlot fan? Yeah, I was. But like, I was okay. too young to be like, oh, I recognize that. I don't know. Gotcha. Squints is the one yes. who kisses the girl in The Sandlot. Yes, the Wendy Peppercorn. He he commits the assault. Oh, is it the glasses? <laughs> the the yes. Kisses, yes. The, oh, yes, of course I know him. Yes, I loved yeah. him. He was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but they fight over, you know, who's going to take this picture uh, in the house to prove that they were there because they both want to be in the picture. Obviously, this was before selfies became a thing. And I they know. Could just turn it around. <laughs> I was like, uh, so yeah. a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then Casper kind of flies in. He's like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Scares the shit out of them, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and they run out scared. Shut up and take the picture. You take the picture. You take it. You. Guys, guys, don't fight. I'll take the picture. It's cute. Cute little setup scene. I actually quite like it. Yeah, I love the Polaroid picture. That was perfect. Yeah, they're they're (laughs) scared faces. And we just kind of slowly zoom in on that as we get going. Yeah. We then meet Kerrigan, whose father recently just passed away. 
And she doesn't seem too upset. Uh, she obviously <laughs> didn't have a great relationship with her dad. Uh, she's just all pissed that she wanted all his money. He keeps giving away giving away a lot of his millions of dollars to animal rights activists and stuff. Yeah. So that's good for him. Nice dude. I know. I was like, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, she only gets an old house. And so we can obviously assume it's the house that we just saw in the previous scene. But she's so mad that she only got this, you know, condemned old ass house that she throws the deed into a fireplace, which then reveals some secret ink that there's a treasure hidden, you know, in the deed or whatever. Stuff like, which oh, is okay. so weird. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, wait, it, who did that and why? Because when we find out what the treasure is later, I was like, wait, I guess Casper must have done that. Yeah, Casper must have done it. But there really is no... <laughs> There's no coming back to it or like uh, we don't see Casper using like that that same kind of ink anywhere else in the house or on other papers. And it's like, how did he get that? Did the father invent this ink that we don't know about? Right. It, it would have been nice if it was if it was tied back in maybe later when we get to the an inventor lab. But I don't know. We did. We did. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree that it, it kind of just kind of came out of nowhere. But anyway, uh, Kerrigan and Dibbs go to the house and they meet Casper. And they kind of start to scream, obviously, because he's a ghost, <laughs> which then wakes up Fatso, Stinky, and Stretch, the ghostly trio. You know, they obviously Kerrigan uh, wants the house to be exercised mm-hmm. to get it uh, out. So she wants the house, you know, so she can search for the treasure. We then see a couple different people coming in to do this exorcism. The first one is Father Guido Sarducci. I love him. Who is, oh my gosh, he I is a comet. Yes. And I, honestly, I remember him best from this movie. Particularly, he has, like, these lines. It's no problem. It's, like, no problem whatsoever. Piece of cake. Piece of crumb cake. It's a piece of cake. A piece of crumb cake. You know, you you got it. (laughs) Whatever it is, whenever I hear crumb cake, or if I see a crumb cake on a, on a, uh, a, a restaurant menu or something. I always think of this line. Oh, it's a piece of cake. A piece of crumb cake. I can um, do it. I love how he sets it up. He's like, yeah, I, I saw somebody do it. I watched a couple videos. I think I could do it. I read about it. Yeah, I could do it. No problem. Piece of cake. But yeah, so that that character um, is actually like a very, I don't know, I wouldn't say super prolific, but he has been in a lot of different shows. He was, uh, that actor owns the character and he just kind of puts them all around pop culture. He was on Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, he was on some other, I think maybe even Laugh-In, but he was most famous, he uh, would show up on SNL yeah. uh, on Weekend Update every now and then. That's what I remember him mostly from, was yeah. him showing up on Saturday Saturday Night Live. But he just he, he just used that character in a just ton of different kind of cameo kind of roles throughout a whole bunch of uh, films and TV shows from like the 80s and, and early 90s and stuff. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Doesn't work out so well for him. Because when he walks back out from the house, uh, he's got like, you know, vomit all over him and his head is turned on backwards. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, ow. Interesting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why? So a little ridiculous. Uh, but then we get another quick little scene. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, you know, busts out of the house. Yeah. He's uh, obviously playing Dr. Raymond Stance from Ghostbusters. Great little line he has where he goes, who are you going to call? <laughs> Someone else. Who are you going to call? Someone else, and he <laughs> runs away. I love, that what is super was the cute. budget for this film? Because I was going to say, beginning of the cameos, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, but my guess. I mean, I would assume just because Spielberg is attached, he's going to get like these bigger names pretty right. easily. Obviously, John and I talked about um, Spielberg has a cameo in the movie Blues Brothers with Dan Aykroyd, so it's like they're going to have some of these kind of cameos back and forth, and they, it, his name just draws people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. my thought. Uh, okay, looking up 
for the budget, it's I'm seeing very quickly. It says fifty five million, which is pretty damn big for yeah. uh, a, a kids movie like this back in back in ninety five. Well, you got to wow. think about it like back then, uh, a little under 30 years ago, Casper to those adults in 95 was probably like so huge. Like your guys is like, I don't know, yeah. Scooby-Doo where it's like, we're doing the Casper movie, the first live action Casper movie. I bet you everybody jumped on that. And they're like, oh, I love Casper. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It's kind of the kind of movie that the adults would take their kids to because they are because they're they're nostalgic for Casper for the old, old cartoon right. and the old, you know, kind of thing. The kind of stuff that millennials right now are doing with their kids, like, oh, oh, my God, they're remaking Lion King. I'm going to force my kid to go see this because I'm nostalgic for Lion King. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Same same mentality. You know what? Film film uh, studios have been doing this shit for years to us, <laughs> you know, just playing on our nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. It also makes sense how how expensive it is because there is they do have quite a bit of this use of CGI in yeah. the film for the ghosts and stuff like that. So I will say. The CGI looked pretty good to me. You know, how did so how did the ghost look to y'all? <laughs> yeah. I was impressed. I was impressed with their eye line, like for the seat for the ghost. Like they always look the ghost mm. right in the eye, you know, mm-hmm. for being so inexperienced and having like a CGI animated thing in front of them. Like Christina Ricci, like I thought she was looking at him every time. You know what I mean? You know, I never thought yeah. about that, but you're definitely yeah. right on that. Yeah, I did. I read something that said um, they were using tennis balls basically to kind of... Um, you know, mimic for where, where the eye for people to look. So like they definitely thought about this, this, this stuff too. Cause I, when you notice it in other films where people are looking somewhere else, totally and not at where they're supposed to look for the CGI. I, and I've noticed it in some big budget films and here that I saw that I looked like there was real interaction. Yeah. And so it makes it makes total sense to me that the cinematographer was the same one from Who Framed Roger Rabbit because he had to do this oh, exact same thing yeah. with Bob Hoskins and characters and that were live action and hand drawn cartoons, but here similar kind of vibe but with uh, CG cartoons. Yeah. Mm, so good point. Good point. All right, so Kerrigan wants to demolish the house even, uh, so she has a whole construction crew. But the ghosts are also able to scare them away away really quickly. Um, we do see. Casper, just in general, he's kind of sad. You know, he just wants a friend. He's just a friendly ghost. And he's even watching Mr. Rogers on TV. I like that. Um, But as he kind of flips through, he sees an interview, uh, like a super dramatic news style interview thing about (laughs) Dr. Harvey. So dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) Spent way too much time on him, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But he's a therapist for the dead, or as he likes to call it, the living impaired. God, that was cheesy to me, but <laughs> yeah. it, that just, that sounds like something a, a bad therapist would say. Uh, yeah. We also see Kat and Casper sees her as well. And he decides, you know, that he wants to try and get them to come over to him because he, he, he I guess he wants Kat to be a friend, but I think more so he has the hots for Kat right away. Yeah, he does. He's like, ooh, she can come here. What if she likes me? What if she doesn't? Uh, but mm-hmm. I love this part where they're like, loner daughter Kat. And they do this like... <laughs> Like, zoom in, zoom out as she's, like, going, like, walking in her school, you know, and there's, like, the gate between them. And she's, like, leave me alone. It's, like, is that legal? I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely suspect. Yeah, they they were pretty harsh. That's kind of very mean on her, you know, but they needed to be a little bit nicer. I mean, she's a, you know, 12, 13-year-old kid or whatever. And she just Um, lost her mom. Shit. Leave her alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does seem like the, the she only lost her mom, what, like within a year or two ago? Yeah, she's... From this? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. So, I do find it funny. So, in Casper's attempt to get Kerrigan 
to watch this TV show. He flies over there and kind of gets her to to see it, <laughs> to get in her mind to call Dr. Harvey. So she does that. She sees it. And then she's on the phone and she's just like, hey, get me Santa Fe. Because that's yeah. where they are. And I'm like, that's that's not how phones work. I know. <laughs> it's not really. I was like, sure. Ugh. What is he going to say? Yeah, let me get Santa Fe for you. Like, what is he going <laughs> to <Yeah>. call? <laughs> it's, yeah. Is he going to call City Hall? Is he going to call just any random number? That's <laughs> the mayor? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so we kind of cut over to Cat, and she's tired of moving around. You know, she's basically, this dad is dragging her everywhere as he's doing his psychotherapy sessions on the ghosts or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then she, she is definitely a realist, and she calls out to her dad, you're not going to find her. Like, mm-hmm. he's, she straight up says, hey, I know what you're doing. You're searching for mom. You're not going to find her. Mm-hmm. She's dead. And and she Kat doesn't believe in ghosts so and all sad. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do we want to get into the discussion if we all believe in ghosts? Sure. <laughs> you can if you want. <laughs> I, I am a not a ghost believer. What? How about y'all? I don't believe in them. Don, you go first. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I don't believe in ghosts. What? Well, <laughs> I do. I believe in ghosts. <laughs> Just that's makes okay. sense. Yep. That's, yeah, that's fine. That's totally cool. I know a lot of people who do. Yeah. But yeah, it just never, I, I never. I used to see some when I was a kid. See, I, I never, I never had an experience. Yeah. Um, really? And I, you know, everything else that I've kind of had that has been kind of strange, I've always attributed it to something that's real. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, it must've just been this. Well, you have uh, to like so allow just, I, them in, you know, you have to be like, okay, I want yeah. to see one kind of thing. But if you're like, nope, nope, nope. And you put up the wall, they won't come in unless they have like important news for you <laughs> see yeah and i've just got my wall i don't care <laughs> that's okay whatever good for <laughs> but, you <laughs> but good for that's just my that's my style that's my vibe so the dad just kind of like all right realizing that yeah this shit is kind of crazy and he's dragging his daughter around makes a deal with her that this will be the last time if they can't find what he's looking for they can't find ghosts they can't find the stuff then he'll he'll end it and they'll just you know have a quote-unquote normal life mm-hmm. yeah that was that was interesting. I also like when they were driving and there, it's like Los Angeles, 182 miles, and they decided to make a U-turn. I was like, did you, what? Like, did you get almost to Los Angeles and realize, oh, wait, <laughs> the other coast. <laughs> That's exactly, that was absolutely it. It is a, a cute little uh, comedic thing that they were doing. Like, oh, shit, he has been driving the wrong direction. And so he's got a U-turn out from, yeah. uh, from whatever highway he's on. Yeah. I want to know, you know what? I'm going to look up right now how far Santa Fe is to Los Angeles. So, oh, oh, like how far did they actually they, go before yeah. they went? Oh, shit. Because it was like, it was like, it was like 800 miles, I think. Yeah, I think that's like two or three days worth. Uh, you could probably make it from Santa Fe to uh, Los Angeles in one day. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Because I can make it from Las Vegas to, um, okay. to, um, oh, Texas? Te- what's that city in Texas? Dallas, um, Austin. Amarillo? Amarillo. I can make it to, from Las Vegas to Amarillo in about 14 to 15 hours. Nice. Okay. Is that gunning it, though? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going at highway speeds. He's, John's a capable <laughs> driver. Uh, so Santa Fe to Los Angeles is 848 miles using, like, you know, all of, like, the, ma- the main highways and stuff like that. So, mm. which is about 12 hours, 22 minutes nonstop. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, okay. So they, they did it right. I, it was... Their thing, their sign said like eight hundred something miles. I was curious if it was like significantly less than that, but mm-hmm. when in doubt, Casper gets it right, and and <laughs> I can't I can't call them out. Mm-hmm. So I just need to know that. But that was a cute joke of the little turnaround. Hey, let's head to the other coast. Mm-hmm. Kerrigan kind of sets them up, uh, emphasizing she needs this shit done fast. 
Um, and they're kind of like just left to the house as they walk in. It's just, it's so big. Yeah. Yeah. That house, that's a, that, what a huge, awesome, great room. Like even the first time Kerrigan walked in and was like, oh, this is gross. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, this is amazing. It's a castle, dude. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. the beast from Beauty and the Beast is there too. Like there's just so yeah. much room. So that house is like nostalgic for me, partly because I was like, I'm in, I have seen this house elsewhere. Tess, do you know where, what other... A famous piece of uh, pop culture media used that house as a filming set. I read it and I just cannot remember. I did look this up. Yep. I can't remember. So it's it is Halloween based. It's a music video. The Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Boys. Backstreet, Boys. <laughs> Backstreet back. Yes, when they're doing their monster dancing, it's at the Casper yes. house set. So good. I, I was like, I remember cool. getting excited. Why was I excited? Oh, yes. Yeah. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Backstreet Boys <laughs> is exciting. So uh, as Kat goes to find a room, she picks a pretty cool one. It's Casper's room. He's all excited. He even says, there's a girl on my bed. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's a little boy. And, you know, well, he's like a 12, 13 year old boy. So you're starting to like girls at that time. So, yeah. He's like, um, but he's, good. I guess, yeah. I even like the uncle's beds. Was it stretch, fatso and and stinky? stinky. stinky. Yeah, they were all together. Um, it is. So I, I, I kind of forgot that those had to be or I, mean, I guess they didn't have to be. But I would assume that they were their nicknames in real life <laughs> yeah. before their death. Did you see Casper meets Wendy? Cause that's when they like turn into humans for a second. And yeah, they were like, Oh yeah. no, that's the one. Hillary Duff is in that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. she yeah, really a kid? Yeah. I did not watch that. So, okay. So you actually see the human fat, so stinky and stretch. Yeah. They have a night where they're like, they're humans for a second. They go to a dance and yeah. They're, wow. They're, that's that's exactly like are. this one. That <laughs> So so can ghosts only become humans when it's time to dance? Because that happens in this one too. And I'm just like, is that is that a theme in this universe? I'm gonna go with yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh so Casper is like kind of trying to introduce himself to Cat. He gets a box thrown on him, he gets punched in the face as a pillow. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny. And then she uh ends up seeing him after she throws a sock over his shoulder which goes in his yeah. mouth and she he pops it back onto the back of her head and she's like what the fuck yeah turns around scares her uh she passes out then kind of wakes back up after he pours some water on her and then she screams her dad comes running in who is kind of funny you know even though he is the therapist for the living impaired he's not really believing her that she saw a ghost or any of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. But then uh, he sees Casper as well in the closet when he opens it up and he freaks out. He grabs her and runs out. I loved his freak out moment here. He was like, see, it's not a ghost. And then he looks at him in the eye and he just kind of looks. He wants to be like, oh, hello. And he's like, "Uh yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because it's just it just shows that his entire job that he's been doing is bullshit so far. He actually hasn't seen (laughs) any ghosts. (laughs) I think he's just very much like, yeah, I think he's just doing it to get back in touch with his wife. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, now he's actually done, seen something um, as opposed to just kind of, yeah, yeah, coasting around on his gig. So anyway, in come the ghostly trio. Hey, Fatso, you smell something? Yeah. Now, besides him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they start scaring Harvey as well. 
he gets scared and he passes out. They go inside him real quick. <laughs> and here's where we get some of these ah, so cameos good. that you referenced earlier. Yeah. He kind of looks up into a mirror and we get some some big actors. Yeah. I think, again, it, this has to be from uh, Spielberg's presence, but like. Clint Eastwood's face pops up, mm-hmm. then Rodney Dangerfield, then Mel Gibson, who was a huge, he was one of the biggest actors of the time, yeah. right in 95. Didn't you say one of them did Braveheart? So they must have known him from yeah. that. Uh, yeah, James Horner did music for Braveheart. Mm. So yeah, so I mean, there's got to be a lot of these tie-ins. Um, and then the, and then it ends with The Crypt Keeper from the HBO um, Tales, from, Tales the from the Crypt. Yeah, yes. what a great, great show. So good. So, But they, uh, they the ghostly trio kind of keep scaring him and, and kind of he's running around the house until he finally I guess just snaps and starts attacking back with a plunger and starts yeah. <laughs> I don't know starts having a sword fight it's silly uh, and then he ends up finding a vacuum and sucks them up with the vacuum ha 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 they're ghosts I guess that's a thing Yeah, it's, it's goes, cute this it sucks <laughs> yeah that is a funny line fatso as he's kind of getting his big fat chubby cheeks sucked down into the vacuum <laughs> That's a great line, which I haven't mentioned uh, the voices. I was just going to say that. I was like, please, because these guys are big, too. They are. They are absolutely big actors. Um, Now, the Stretch, who I kind of always associated Stretch as the leader of this group. He is kind of, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. The voice is uh, Joe Nipote or Nipote, Nipote. I don't know how you want to, however you want to pronounce it. Um, He has done a couple different things. He actually did a movie. Well, no. He did a Rodney Dangerfield movie, but that didn't come out until 2004, so that doesn't help. I Looking through his credits, really, Stretch is his biggest thing for me mm-hmm. when I look through it. Yeah. Uh, so that's he's not the biggest one. Joe Alasky, who does the voice of Stinky, he's done actually quite a bit of good voice work. He's a little bit, definitely a little bit more well-known. He was um, Daffy Duck for a, long, for a oh, good while. Oh, nice. So he did a voice of Daffy Duck like pretty much throughout like the early 2000s and 90s. Um, he was, you know, he did the voice of both Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. I in was that. just going to say, was he Bugs yeah. Bunny? Because that's what I thought. I was like, that sounds like Bugs Bunny. Okay. Yeah. Cool. He did He did Bugs Bunny in the uh, Looney Tunes back in action mm. um, movie as well as some other things. But he did a lot more Daffy Duck. He did Yosemite Sam in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Nice. So it's like he's he's definitely does like a lot of those uh, Looney Tunes style voices. And so he's done them for, for years. So, oh, he was also Grandpa Pickles from uh, Rugrats. Oh, nice. He was the grandpa <laughs> there. So, yeah, he's. He's got quite a bit of good credits on voice acting stuff. So, um, but then for us, probably the biggest name, for, or I guess for that that I recognize, is the voice of Fatso, who is Brad Garrett, mm-hmm. yeah. who's done a lot of ton of voices. Most people remember him as the brother in uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, he's also uh, in an episode of Seinfeld as a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're gonna, <laughs> if you like Seinfeld, guess what, Jonna? Guess what I'm gonna say? Plug, plug. <laughs> Check out Cartwright a Seinfeld podcast where I talk about each and every episode of Seinfeld. So, where are you guys at that? at this point in 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 your journey? We are just about halfway through. We're in season five, and there's nine seasons total. So, nice. uh, yeah, so we're we're we are plugging along, and it's just kind of you're chugging. Yeah, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's going well. Uh, all right. So anyway, they're all sucked up, and uh, they decide, or they, um, you know, he grabs Christina Ricci and runs out. Or sorry, cat. cat. Uh, <laughs> then we get a, a little cut here. I always thought this was cute. Cat uh, re-enters the house like the next day, and she's got a little Dirt Devil handheld vacuum. <laughs> she's like to protect her. I always thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, Casper's there in the kitchen, kind of making breakfast, and so they start talking, and they kind of bond. 
they have a little nice little bonding moment where they kind of put their hands through each other, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Sweet. Yeah, it is. It is sweet. You know, we see we see that Casper is not like the others. He's cute. He's a nice kid. Uh, then in comes Dr. Harvey and eventually the ghostly trio as well. Um, and, you know, they're all kind of being a little contentious from what happened from before. <laughs> yeah. They have a they have a funny little moment where the sun kind of pops up one of the um, blinds opens yeah. or whatnot. <laughs> and they're all joking, doing like the oh, what a world, what a world uh, melting thing yeah. from um, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But it's all just BS. They're just fucking with Dr. Harvey. I love this because so. um, Dr. Harvey starts to really bond with the trio at this point, and their mm-hmm. relationship just builds from here. And this is also where, like like you were saying, Kat and Casper's, their relationship starts to build here. So it's like they kind of split yep. up at this point. And mm-hmm. I, yes. I love that the trio is like the running gag to this because really, if you if you really write down what's going on, it's a very sad story. It's touching, oh, yeah. you know, very lots of love. But like... Because he lost her mom, and they're trying to—they're trying to cope. They're trying to get over it. He's making a business out of trying to reach out to her to say one more thing to her, you know, kind of thing. But like with these ghosts, with the help of these ghosts, um, it's almost like a blessing for them because they're able to like just snap out of it and and realize like life yeah. goes on, you know. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I do. Yeah, I do appreciate it because we're gonna get some later scenes of Doctor Harvey with the ghostly trio that are just kind of funny. <laughs> this is kind of the start of that. <laughs> but we see them eating breakfast, which is like all frozen ice cream and shit like that <laughs> and they're just they're awful to casper they're, and so cat kind of defends him that's kind of sweet i like that too mm-hmm. uh they have a nice little back and forth yelling match of cat and stretch kind of yeah. <laughs> calling each other names hey, shut up skin bag piss off take a hike get a great honey <laughs> harvey then tries to actually kind of give them some therapy and that doesn't <laughs> really oh my go gosh well. so funny he tries so hard and they they fuck with him so much <laughs> they do <laughs> They do. Yeah, they we're going to get some more of that. And they just, yeah, they, they mess with this guy. Yeah. Uh, but as Kat goes to school, we meet some other kids. One of the guy, this guy that kind of a cute guy she meets named Vic. John, did you recognize him? Uh, I did not. Or did you recognize another movie that he was in? I didn't look. Okay. We love, the, uh, I love this movie. Um, and actually, I'll throw out to our good friends at Ready to Retro because they talked about this, this one and the second one uh, with our buddy Dean from Talking Back. His name was Guy Germain in the Mighty Ducks films. Nice, mm. and he he played the guy Vic in this one. So just I, if I see a Mighty Ducks character, I immediately recognize them. Yeah, but <laughs> so but we also meet this very stuck up, pretentious girl. Oh my gosh. Who yeah. the class? Yeah, Amber, and she wants to throw the, this Halloween dance party <laughs> at her place. Yeah, exactly. We should have the party at my house because I'm <laughs> oh hot. And I'm popular. <laughs> Raise your hand if we should that's, have it. That's at my high school. House. What what killed yeah. me was like they kept just shouting out stuff and making fun of her, and the teacher was like laughing along with the students. I know. Yes, uh, yeah, horrible. yeah. When Kat, when Kat's when Kat's introducing herself, the students are terrible to her, and he yeah. doesn't he doesn't he does no discipline. He's, now, as a former teacher, John, what how does that make you feel? Uh, it Man. made it made me feel angry. Yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah, because I didn't tolerate any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. At all. If somebody said anything to make fun of someone else, they were, I wouldn't say gone. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to kick them out of the room, but. Yeah, they were in trouble. I was like, they stopped. Yeah, they were in trouble. They stopped doing whatever it was they were doing. Good. Um, depending on the age, I would go put them in the corner. Yeah. I, Good. You know. Well, even though the teacher doesn't give them uh, any reprimands, Casper ties their <laughs> shoes together <laughs> under the desks very, yeah. very funnily. So uh, when they all decide, oh, yeah, hey, uh, we want to have the 
party at the Whipstaff Manor where Cat's living. Yay. Uh, the bell rings. They all get up and they all fall down because of their <laughs> yeah. thing. I thought I liked that. That was pretty funny. Yes, it was. I, see, you need a cat. Everybody needs a Casper. Just make sure that nobody yeah. fucks with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. At the house, the ghostly trio um, mess with Harvey even more. So sad. Uh, and so, yeah, I know here. This, this actually really is a very heartfelt, shitty moment mm-hmm. where they know that, you know, oh, or they find a picture of his uh, his deceased wife. And well, actually, it was his living wife at the time. Um, but you know what I mean? No, it's <laughs> not a picture of now. a dead body. No. It's yeah, no, exactly. That would be really weird. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you. you. The, no, that's definitely not it. Uh, but though, so they start playing up like that, like they know her. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Well, we know her. Uh, and so like Fatso's like, okay, I'm going to go out and get her. He starts doing it. This music starts building up like this is okay. This is a really romantic, you know, something's going to happen. He's going to find his, his long lost, you know, ghost love. And he opens the door. Fatso and drag. <laughs> and it's good. They got the fog. They got the lights. Like, it looks like it's like the opening to heaven. Like, <laughs> the shot of Bill Pullman, like, right in the crack, in front of the crack of the door with, like, some of the, the ghostly, spirity kind of looking feel of, like, the smoke coming through it mm-hmm. looked really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's set up like something big's going to happen. And then it just kind of, like, whoop. Bait switch. Here's Fatso in drag, and <laughs> yeah. it's just to fuck with you. I will say they used that budget to the fullest extent because they yeah. did not cut any corners anywhere in this movie. You have to give it yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, later, Vic comes to the house. I do like how Casper's kind of mocking him behind his back uh, to cast cat seeing, <laughs> uh, but he asks her to the dance. And she's all excited. Oh, a boy likes me. Yay. I got to get a date to the dance. Uh, but then we find out it's really just a ploy by that mean girl, Amber. Mm-hmm. Amber. Ugh. <laughs> Amber's such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, but not as bad as Kerrigan that we'll see a little bit later. But uh, all right. That's what that's what Amber's turn into. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ambers turn into Kerrigans. Yeah. 100%. Sorry to all the nice Ambers out there. <laughs> well, I mean, she wasn't, she's not that nice. But there are there are some real nice people. Too. Named Amber is what I'm saying. Named Amber. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In gotcha. the world. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, not all Ambers are, right, are bitches. Exactly. No. All right. So Casper's a little bit uh, jealous of Kat's date, and he wants to impress her. So he grabs her by the foot and flies her out. A little the, Aladdin out moment. To this lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, so they're sitting on, to- on the top of the lighthouse and they're talking. And we learned that he doesn't, another sad moment. There's a lot of um, real sad moments in this film. We learned mm-hmm. that he doesn't remember anything about his life. It's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Uh, we have then even, you know, more existential issues. Kat's kind of, you know, realizing she's forgetting a little about her own mother. Mm-hmm. And she's worried that, you know, okay, if my mom is a ghost, does she not know me? Has she forgot about oh, me? And so, yeah, yeah it's oh. it's deep. Heart, my heart. <laughs> it is absolutely stringing at the heart. And talking about a heart, Casper, his little ghost heart, you can see he's in love. He goes, you know, while she's like kind of falling asleep, he's just, you know, right next to her. And he gets a cute little line. Cat. Can I keep you? Oh, my God. And it's just, oh, it's so cute. So sweet. That like iconic like uh little piano tune right there too. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Ugh, forget about it. See, well, when I did that in high school, it it was creepy. (laughs) (laughs) John, stop messing with girls while they're sleeping. I mean, geez, come on. Double standards, right? (laughs) Can I keep you? Oh, geez. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. (laughs) Okay. So Kat wants to get a costume for the dance. And, uh, you know, she wants to look nice for her date. I do like, you know, that she's talking to her dad about this. And this is like, you know, the first date, obviously, that she's ever really had. And mm-hmm. you, you see Bill Pullman or his the, the Dr. Harvey just kind of be like, oh, oh, shit. How, how do I re- how do I approach this now? You know, I have to deal with you going out on dates and stuff like that. John, are you worried? I mean, your daughter's still got some years before that. But, you know, do you relate to scenes like this, knowing that that's going to be something coming up for you in the future? <laughs> um, it's not in the future. It's in the present. We've already had that talk. Ooh. Well, I know you've had. OK. Yeah. You've had you had the birds and the bees talk. Yeah. Yeah. OK. But are you worried about like the actual going out on dates and all that kind of crap? No, I'm a registered gun owner, so I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Those okay. poor boys right. or girls, whatever. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine more, I'm more concerned for them than I am for her. Yeah, she, you're right. She is, I don't know. She is a little ball of spunk, yeah, like an energy and like spitfire, yeah. That she would, um, I don't know. She'd probably, I don't, I don't even know. She'd probably beat the crap out of him. Yeah. I see a lot of myself. In I mean, she's already, she's already eight years old, and she's got some wrestling training. She's got some fencing training. She's my kind of <laughs> yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. she's awesome. Uh, I will say, at this moment, you, you, you cannot pass up that like Dr. Harvey's, uh, his storyline. He's getting crazier and crazier. Like he's spilled coffee <laughs> all over everything, and the yeah, they you're just right. keep fucking with him, and it's actually getting funnier and funnier for us. He's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and he like pours his coffee, and the coffee like drifts off to the side, and they're like, "Would you like scream or sugar?" <laughs> <laughs> so much pun, but yeah, the the ghostly trio just kind of keep keep fucking keep having fun. Uh, but they don't really have enough money for a costume, so Kat's like, "Okay, fine. We'll I'll go look around the house for something." Uh, and she is as she's looking around, she notices a box that says C. McFadden, which is Casper's name. Uh, I kind of forget that McFadden is his last name, but this is a box that um, you know is something of his stuff. We cut very quickly over to Kerrigan and Dibs, and. Uh, they're there at the house just kind of sneaking around because they want to look for the treasure. Um, and then we find out what Kat found. It was Casper's old toys and all this kind of little train set and all this other little things. She set up his old room kind of, you know, how he might have had it, um, which he comes in and now he's starting to remember all mm-hmm. this stuff. And it's all super exciting uh, because, you know, oh, he remembers this and he remembers that. Um, and then he flies over and gets this uh, old dress from that was his mom's at one point. Now, Kat's like, oh, this is great. Can I use this? I'm looking at myself like, that's not a good Halloween costume. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's just an old are dress. You, are you a bride? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what I said. I had no idea what she was being dressed up as. It was just an old wedding dress. It was shoulder that's pads. That's it. Yeah. It was shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have so. a question. It's not quite related to that, but it, mm-hmm. it's something that was bugging me. Oh. Kerrigan's father owned that house mm-hmm. yes oh so wouldn't Kerrigan- yeah. was kerrigan's father the person was kerrigan's father casper's father are they brother and sister or think- oh. or was kerrigan's like was that 
Did he just oh. own the house? Because they don't really address that at all. But like, You're right. why did Kerrigan's father own the house? It obviously had been dilapidated, so nobody was living there. So was it him who had I, owned the house, or was maybe he was the son, the like the second son oh, of the person, yeah. or the nephew? Like, yes, that's like as far as I can tell, they've got to be Casper and Kerrigan are have got to be related, unless well, unless the, they tell me yeah, otherwise. I got the feeling that he was just like so rich that he was just buying houses and okay. this one he just kind of like forgot about but that's a really really good point they don't address that at all well, you're totally right when when did he buy or that when did uh the father die does that does that established i guess I recently you're like right before the movie because they don't read the will no right yeah well the well they were then no, i'm not saying sorry not her father oh, casper's, when did, uh, casper's father because when casper's father dies maybe he bought the house right after that okay mm. and it was just like up for auction or something that's my guess because now they do say when they're reading the will that uh, ben stein who's reading the will we didn't mention <laughs> that but i think that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah i think he mentioned that the house was it was uh, an okay house like back in the 50s or something like that when he when he got it, but now it's like yeah, it's dilapidated. Oh, no, or something no she, like that. she goes, she goes. Um, I don't want some dilapidated old house. And he goes, oh, it was dilapidated in the fifties. It's now it's condemned. Yeah. Mm. Yes, okay, that's right. That's right. So may, so maybe in the late fifties, the father died or something like that, and then her father bought it at that okay. time. Okay, that's that's my guess. Okay, yeah. we'll go with that. Okay, because it's established in the fifties. Actually, uh, we'll find out later. Kind of the some of the time frame around Casper's life, but uh, okay. So Casper then uh, remembers the day he died after looking at this stuff, and we get yeah. another, another little poignant, sad bit here where he tells us the story, and he died of pneumonia. You know, he died of something like that, getting sick like that. Cat uh, that Cat then finds a newspaper, and we learn a little bit about her, his father, Casper's father, mm-hmm. who um, you know was trying to create this Lazarus machine. Which Casper then immediately kind of remembers, like, oh, yes, it's hidden. We had to keep it hiding from everybody, and that's where we tried to do it. Uh, so Kerrigan and Dibs are kind of listening in on this, and so they're like, oh, shit, this has got to be where the treasure is. So Casper takes Cat through this secret passage. I always like this scene. It is very Adams Family-like. Yeah, totally. They had that kind of, like, you know, hidden passage vibe in Adams Family, mm-hmm. so this was very similar. But the in- father was definitely a little inventor. I like his little wake-up machine that has... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know all the different shit that they're going down this like uh, like a mine cart kind of thing. I love how hard. that whole machine. So they got like whipped cream, like uh, not whipped cream. I'm sorry, shaving, shaving, cream, shaving cream. Like the the blades for cutting the cream. Uh, mm-hmm. what, you know what I'm talking about? Cutting the beard. <laughs> I can't even talk. Yeah. Um, putting on the bow tie, brushing the teeth, which I was like, don't put that near your mouth, girl. Like that toothbrush is I so know. old. <laughs> Ew. But like none of that would have gotten anything done. Like that was. Like, no. Every time somebody came out of there, they just looked awful. <laughs> <laughs> True. He wasn't a particularly good inventor, I think <laughs> his dad said. He's just an inventor. True. But uh, but there's this whole like underground lab that they're at. We see Kerrigan and Dibs following her. I always liked when they're going through the wake-up machine and mm-hmm. he's getting Dibs shit squirted on him and he has to do the, the fighting with the, uh, the straight-edge <laughs> the razors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Eric Idle is is funny. Yeah. No matter what, you know, it, he is funny. So Cat and Casper try to start the Lazarus machine. Um, I do like that the button to start it is hidden in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein yeah. book. Yeah. A little thing. Yeah, it's very um, fitting. Yeah. And uh, the machine, pretty much what it's supposed to do, is supposed to bring people back to life. So his dad was trying to resurrect his son. And they have like this 
serum or a potion or whatever the heck you want to call it, that that's kind of like the, uh, the life-giving essence. Um, but they try it, and it doesn't work because Kerrigan pulls out the serum, and Casper looks just kind of like a... What an egg? egg. So the, yeah, <laughs> so funny. Half, I love that. Like, egg, yeah. not love. I'm curious why he couldn't bring Casper back when he was alive. Like, why is this? I thought. The, right? I thought the exact same thing. I thought the exact. It was like, okay, we have a machine, and it is later established that the machine works. How come it? He couldn't get it to figure out, or before. My only thought, maybe before his last trial, mm-hmm. and this is like the last thing he died before he could do it. I don't know. Yeah, but it was it was strange because the machine works how come he couldn't get the job done right right right, right. exactly mm-hmm. yeah but kerrigan decides you know oh she, she wants to use this because her or someone else could become a ghost steal the money and then turn back into a human afterwards i love this plan so, they're gonna kill yeah. one another they start chasing each other's with, with like axes mm-hmm. and just like with cars and they start trying to like she's like stare get back jibs like it's gonna be okay stop being a baby yeah. it's not gonna hurt <laughs> yeah it's her. funny, yeah, exactly. As they're trying to kill each other, it's it's pretty humorous. Yeah. Uh, but she ends up, well, crashing her car and then getting out of it and falling off of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. I like I like the little the little switch there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was funny. Um, I do like she comes back. Uh, well, she does come back as a ghost, and her first her first line is not so fast, little man. The bitch is back. The bitch is back. Yes. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> that seems pretty fitting. Yeah. So uh, Harvey is now having, he's at karaoke at a bar. Oh, my gosh. This was my favorite the- scene. He, drunk <laughs> Dr. Harvey is, he just has given up. He's like, I don't care. Like he, I thought he was really drunk. Probably he wasn't because actors, they can't, they have to do it a hundred times. They can't get that drunk. Yes. But like he was spot on. <laughs> He was. I always thought it was kind of strange. There was another guy in the bar. Yeah. Like, was yeah. he not freaked out at the ghost or anything? I saw that. Maybe they but, frequent that bar and he's just, he's too much of a wino. To, he's just used to him. Yeah. Yeah. That could he's be it. Uh, but here, the ghost of Trio, you know, they decide they like Dr. Harvey and they want to keep him around for a long time. They decide they want to try and kill him. And, but uh, Harvey is so sweet to them. They're like, okay, no, we can't do it. He just really cares about his, you know, he's our buddy our pal we're not going to do it but instead dr harvey starts walking out the front door and there was a sign that says open trench and it's just like why are the why where, would they how have did they that get in like, <laughs> yes how, exactly how did they get in yes you know it's so, funny when i was a kid i thought that was a trapdoor closet i was like oh here he goes he's gonna look, uh-huh. walk in the closet i'm like oh no that's like legit outside with the open trench also yeah, w- yeah. W- why is that door unlocked <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it uh, seems like the construction crews in uh, Friendship, Maine are absolutely terrible about what they're doing of, of proper safety oh, wait, protocol. Wait, wait, wait. It's called Friendship, Maine? Yeah, that's the name of the yeah. town. Casper the Friendly Ghost lives in Friendship, yeah. Maine? Yep. Yeah. Aww. Which is a real is town. Cute? Oh, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> this is cute. Uh, all right. So Harvey obviously dies from that. Um, Kerrigan, the ghost, busts into the vault st- takes out the treasure box. Um, and also the similar at the same time, the Halloween party is starting. I kind of love yeah. how they all kind of herd into the, <laughs> yeah. the big room as like little scared gazelles. Yeah. Kind of thing. With the teacher, with the teacher. Yeah. With the teacher. Um, we see Amber is trying to, trying to wants to go in and dress up as a ghost to scare everybody. But here dibs decides to turn on Kerrigan and he doesn't want to turn her 
back to human. He wants to be rich. He wants to have a great big house with purple wallpaper, green, green carpet. car- carpets, and a dog, uh, a bitch named Kerrigan. Uh, it's just like <laughs> a bitch like you, a bitch just like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Kerrigan now being a ghost, she's got some powers, and she punches his ass right through a window. <laughs> so. Loved it. I'm surprised he didn't come back as a ghost, though. Yeah. That's the only thing that seemed kind of strange to me, but... He didn't have any unfinished uh, business, so... Yeah, he, he got his treasure. Yeah. That's fine. See, that's the other thing that bothered me. Sorry, I'm derailing this again. Um, oh, derail. Uh, wouldn't the wouldn't Casper's father have had unfinished business by not being able to bring Casper right. back? Wouldn't he be a ghost? Look, John Spees. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm pulling an atom by poking holes into everything you are that but that is so valid though like he had, that, that legitimately he had like a sole purpose that he was trying to do and he couldn't he didn't finish it a sole purpose yeah yeah oh, oh. Yeah, so you, uh, look at that <laughs> thank you wow be here all day <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the idea of crossing over with finished business, Casper and Cat trick Kerrigan into believing that she doesn't have any unfinished business only because she's so fucking stuck up and arrogant to be like, I don't have any unfinished business. I'm awesome. Uh, but then that makes her cross over, which made it seem like she went to heaven because all the light was right. in there. Yeah. But she seems like someone who should have gone to hell. You know, that would have been too much. I think just a little uh, too <laughs> on the nose. Yeah. You can't have so. Satan in here, too. <laughs> be gone, Satan. We got That'd be cool. We see then what's in Casper's treasure chest, and it's a baseball signed by Duke Snyder, his favorite player, mm-hmm. which is super Did cute. Do you guys know who that was? Uh, well, Duke Snyder was a real baseball player. Right. Did you know who he was? Well, like, were you familiar okay. with him? Do you know? Oh, kind. Of, I knew the name, but I did look up his stats. Mm. So uh, he played for the Brooklyn and then eventually the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. He played with them from 47 to 62. So we know at some point oh. uh, that's probably when... When in like the in the fifties, early late forties, early fifties is probably when Casper was alive. Mm. That answers your question, then. Okay. Yeah, it kind of ties. It kind of it does, and, it, and so timing wise, it all kind of fits together. Mm-hmm. So totally. Um, but yeah, Duke Snyder was an eight-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ. He was the uh, National League home run leader for one year. He was the National League RBI leader for another year. His number four was retired with the Dodgers, and he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So he's a pretty good player. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Um, as they are about to revive Casper, uh, in comes Ghost Doctor Harvey, and he right now doesn't remember Cat at first, and it's like it, her kind of fears of okay shit. My mom probably doesn't remember either. All that kind of is there, but she uses her little cute little pinky finger swear that we saw from way <laughs> earlier, uh, and that kind of reminds him. It's kind of funny. At first he pulls it like he didn't pull my finger. Yeah, I remember. <sighs> <laughs> No, no. He's like trying to be part of the trio, and then yes. they have that touching moment, and that little plinky plonky music starts yeah. again, and you're like, oh. <laughs> so it's cute. Uh, but so Casper says, okay, we're going to use this Lazarus machine to revive Doctor Harvey instead of me with the last of this serum, and it works. As we mentioned earlier, yeah, this this machine works. He he comes back to human. <laughs> okay. I guess I don't know what happened to his body though. Like his body, so I don't. I don't uh, oh, his good body point. is probably oh off gosh. the cliff. Stop it! How with does this. how does That's... how does his ghost stuff just recreate his body from it? That's a don't really need, good point. <laughs> don't they need the port like the the parts of his old dead body wow. for this? Those, you guys are ruining this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, 
yeah, logistically, maybe not everything yeah. is there. But You're like, I don't know science, but I do know yeah. <laughs> that the body yeah. would be at the bar or in the sinkhole or whatever you yeah, fell in, right? In that tree. Yep. Yes. Uh, all right. But the party is on. Uh, so Kat enters. The two kids, Amber and Vic, who were, uh, you know, going to scare in, they ended up getting haunted by the ghostly trio and they run out scared. Everybody's clapping. Even the teacher's clapping. I don't know. He's, he's, a, he's kind of a jerk yeah. of a teacher. <laughs> he's a kid. He's so, like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in his dumb lobster costume, which is kind of... <laughs> Mr. Krabs but it's costume. Ma- you know what? It's Maine, though. So it made sense. Yes. Oh, so. yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. In Casper's room, Kat's mom comes down. Uh, and talks with with Casper. She's an angel. Aww. Uh she's played by Amy Brenneman, who most people I think would probably recognize her. She was on the she was the lead on the show Judging Amy. Okay. Mm-hmm. If any of you guys remember that. I didn't yeah. see that uh, show, but I knew about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because Casper did such a noble thing, she's gonna do her angel genie powers <laughs> and uh, let him be a real boy until ten o'clock. <laughs> and I love the little fight that they have of the Cinderella discussion. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, I get why he said that now. She's like, oh, I was like, why Why did he say, but Cinderella got to stay out till midnight. She's like, Cinderella wasn't 12 years old. I was like, look, mm-hmm. lady, he's been dead for 50 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so technically, you know, he's 60. Yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? That's absolutely true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she only gives him till 10. And then this romantic song plays. Uh, it's called Remember Me This Way oh, by Jordan Hill. So sad. Okay, I cried. I cried. I know you can't stay, but part of you will never ever go away. Your heart will stay. In walks in real life Casper to the dance floor. He walks straight towards Cat. He grabs her and they start dancing. It's played by Devin Sawa. Mm -hmm. And two things. One, there's no way that was a 12-year-old Devin Sawa. He he absolutely (laughs) looked older to me. I think he was probably actually, yeah, looking at his age, I think he was actually more like 15 at the Uh, time of the filming. I had such a crush on him when I watched the movie. I was like, that is the boy I need to be with. That's the other moment. I was, or the only thing I wanted to say is, what a good-looking kid. <laughs> I mean, and this yeah. this moment, I would say specifically this moment when he gets Cat uh, and starts dancing with her and his face is reveals that, oh, my God, Casper's a cutie. Cutie, Casper. Um, <laughs> this is probably, like, one of the single most heartthrob moments for Ugh. people around our age. Like, yeah. I feel like so many females and, and gay males look at this at this <laughs> scene and being like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Are they are they the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland? That's, you <laughs> yeah, that, that's, like. that's what they do. <laughs> oh my Happy gosh! Birthday. Yeah, <laughs> but he he repeats that adorable line. Can I keep you? She realizes oh. it's him. Oh yay! They're just floating, dancing. Everything's super cute. Uh, the mom then talks to Doctor Harvey. She lets him know that she didn't have any unfinished business because they loved her so much. He kind of gets the closure that he needed so badly. And I will say her little floaty entrance, she's doing like this little winged yeah. thing with her hands. Yeah, and it's just like a cross. Time. It looks so, so bad. I don't know. They told her to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I want you to just kind of <laughs> wiggle your way in so or you're whatever flying. the hell it was. So you got to flap your wings. Yeah. <laughs> she is an angel. She has to flap yeah. her wings, but it, um, it looked really bad to me. But besides that, I like that Dr. Harvey gets his um, closure. 
And now it turns 10 o'clock. They were barely dancing for a song, <laughs> if that. And it's already 10 o'clock. I'm like, seriously, you you barely gave Casper any time. Yeah. Yeah. But he gives Cat a kiss. And he turns back into Casper. A great shot, in my opinion, where you see the back of his head kissing Cat. And then he goes transparent. Yeah. And we see her. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone, you know, right in the middle of the dance floor, everyone's looking at him. They all scream and they trample out. Mm-hmm. Scary, scary. That was cool. I liked, uh, I noticed fun. there was this this one girl that was dressed as a big giant flower. And every time they would show <laughs> the kids coming out, you kept seeing the flower. And I was like, how many flowers are in here? <laughs> the same actor probably yeah <laughs> i know they do that uh, a lot in, in movies and tv shows and i i I, f- I mean i kind of always knew this but i i was uh i figured out one summer um my wife spent well i shouldn't say summer it was actually like i don't know it was like five or six months she spent mm-hmm. living with her sister in la mm-hmm. and she made money as an extra and that's what she did like nice. that whole time and so she was on an episode of Charmed. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And mm. I saw her walk back and forth like three times in the same <laughs> shot. <laughs> she walked like three times in the same direction. I know. I was a, I did an extra for just a couple movies because I was like, oh, I hate this because they kind of treat them like crap sometimes. But yeah. um, if they don't pay you anyway. But yeah, there's a movie that I'm in and it's like you just see me walk back and forth like a thousand times because I was one of six people in the town the small town that they were in it was a really small town of like six people like uh, there were supposed to be like a hundred extras that showed up but only six of us showed up so they had to make us look like a hundred so yes (laughs) I was like oh I see that I see that flower again and again (laughs) that's funny Uh, All right, and then we cut to the ghostly trio playing uh, the Casper song, Casper the Friendly Ghost, uh, but it's actually done by Little Richard. Mm -hmm. That's who's actually performing it. And then goes the credits. So good. All right. That's the end of the movie. I have to say, All right. I wish they had picked a different song to sing at the end. I know it's a tie-in <gasps> to the Casper thing, yeah. but I could have I could have used a better song. I, I like that All version. Right, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> John's John's Whatever. the music snob between us. Yeah. I mean, I get it. He's he's the music Aww. guy. Why did you want him to <laughs> do another one? Why? Because I, I thought that was I thought that was way too cheesy. Oh, okay. You know, I oh, wanted, you think? Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, I, I mean, I didn't care about, you know, doing the song at the end. That's fine. I just wish they had not done that song. Because we had come from such like a heart gut wrenching moment. Well, because we, it, to me, it completely takes me out of the movie now. Oh, okay. Like my, for some, something like that, my favorite thing is like in Beetlejuice when they end with Deo, even though it throws back to the first thing, something like, and obviously it wouldn't be Dale, but something like that, if it would have been either a song that was used earlier, if they got thrown back to that or something like that, or any, mm. I don't know, anything other than literally the theme song to the cartoon. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, John. I just brought, I just brought that, all, that whole thing all down. <laughs> well, I have a feeling what's going to bring it back up is Tess's review and her final thoughts um you know as our guest i'd love for you to start us off you know before anyone else has anything else to say what were your final thoughts on casper 
I love this movie. I thought it was so sweet. I like that they gave Casper a backstory so we had reason to sympathize with him and his life. I like that they, like I said before, they didn't cut any corners except for some parts of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I never (laughs) noticed it. Like you just kind of let it be. Mm -hmm. Um, The cast was insanely good. So when we recast this, this was actually very difficult for Mm -hmm. me. Because this is my cast. This mm-hmm. is this is my Casper cast. Uh, and I haven't seen this movie in so long, like I said, and I'm so glad I was able to watch it again. I was very surprised. I could remember everything. I'm sure any kid that was born in the 90s totally agrees with me. They're like, yeah, I watched this a hundred times in a row. This is like the perfect little kid uh, Halloween movie. It's got something for everybody. It was fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, John? Yeah, I still had fun watching it. Okay. Uh, I watched it with my family, although I think my kids have actually seen it before, so it wasn't new to them. It, it's it's fun. It was a fun, uh, you know, walk back on uh, nostalgia lane because I remember you know watching it when I was a teenager, and it was fu- it was fun then. It was fun now. I mean, I don't have the, the sort of nostalgia grasp on it that I think other people do, but I definitely enjoyed it. So okay, that's about as best as I got. Yeah. I'm pretty much on the same boat. I mean, I, this is still a cute movie. I, you know, I don't get a whole bunch out of it as an adult, but I still found it enjoyable. Like the CGI character, the ghosts look good to me. Specifically, I'm talking Casper and the trio. I never, even as a kid, I remember not liking the design of Kerrigan ghost or um, Dr. Harvey's mm-hmm. ghost. They looked, they looked mm-hmm. more cartoonish where the other three I thought yeah. fit a little bit better. Overall, this movie is done really well. And with all those different mm-hmm. cameos you get there, there is stuff in there for an older person to be like, oh, shit, Rodney Dangerfield, I remember him. Uh, or Clint yeah. Eastwood, all that kind of stuff. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, like that stuff. I, I would 100% show this to kids or I would watch this yeah. with adults who are particularly nostalgic for it and be happy about it. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk the spooktacular new adventures of Casper. All right, The Spooktacular New Adventures of Casper from 1996 to 1998. It ran for four seasons, 64 total episodes. Uh, The show aired on Fox Kids uh, from the first 46 episodes, and then it switched over to the Fox Family Channel after that. Um, And it was an animated spinoff of the feature film. So you're actually going to get a lot of the same cast from some of these voices. So uh, actually all of our main ghosts come back. So Malachi Pearson, who voiced Casper in the movie, voiced Casper in this show. Uh, Joe Alasky, who did Stinky, does Stinky in the show. Joe Nipote uh, does Stretch. And Brad Garrett does Fatso. Of course, he starts off as Fatso and then for about half the show. And then uh, Jess Harnell takes over, who Jess Harnell is an amazing voice actor. A lot of most people probably know him both as um, Wacko, I think, from Animaniacs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just uh, literally a bunch of other credits. Um, Doctor Harvey is not Bill Pullman. Uh, Dan Cat- Castellaneta took over the voice of Doctor Harvey for this cartoon. Don't exactly. Most people know him as Homer Simpson, but he has been uh, in a shit ton of stuff. Cat uh, is voiced by Kath Suchi, who she did the voice of Lola Bunny in almost everything that Lola Bunny is. <laughs> the voice of Dexter's mom in Dexter's Lab. The voice of Kubert Farnsworth in Futurama. The voice of a ton of characters. Katsuchi is an amazing mm-hmm. voice actress. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other huge names in this film or in this sorry in this show as voice actors: Jim Cummings, uh, Elizabeth Daly. Uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Jim Cummings, Jim Cummings Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Daly, Charlie Adler, 
Nancy Cartwright, Christine Cavanaugh, ah. Pat Fraley, Mark Hamill, Tim Curry, Ben Stein, Fred Willard, Maurice LaMarche, and of course, Whoa. for two episodes, wow. mm-hmm. the man, the myth, the legend, Frank Welker, lent his voice to the show as well. Don't forget Rob Paulson. Oh, say. and Rob Paul. Yeah, okay, I can't believe I forgot Rob Paulson. I don't know why I did the, that. The legend, the king. Yeah. Because he was, yeah, I can't believe that either because he was in all the episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he played that character Spooky, which is like kid with a hat and had like the little freckles or whatever um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know why I, I totally remember that i meant to write it down but yeah rob paulson's awesome as well let's see so this new casper kind of broke out from different earlier versions which were uh kind of like a family st- sitcom style show which was the earlier stuff the earlier cartoons and this one um had more kind of like pop culture gags and like a lot of one-liners um, much more similar to like the Casper movie, but really much more similar to other shows that the same people worked on. Um, they would also break the fourth wall. So a lot of the people who worked on this show came from Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain. Those were all Spielberg productions. So it totally makes sense that the mm. this produced film Steven, from Spielberg, they, the same animation company would take this one. And I absolutely... Mm-hmm recognized like that that animation style with this one and even yeah. just like the the storyline style and the way, the way that they would do pop culture references would pop up every now and then was very similar to like uh animatics and tiny tunes so i appreciate that because i'm very nostalgic for both of those shows yeah you're very nostalgic period yeah <laughs> Full stop. That, yeah exactly end of quote um yeah. Episodes for this show were split up into two stories, kind of like, you know, little mini sketches or and then like another either yeah. little mini sketch in there. Um, very similar to a lot of other shows, like you say, like a Dexter's Lab would always have like two mini shows mm-hmm. or something. There wasn't really a theme song for this show. It was more so mm-hmm. just like a quick little intro music that just kind of nope. very fast. So there wasn't anything like particularly nostalgic yep. about that. What I do appreciate, uh, similar to how Tiny Toons and Animatix, as I already mentioned, has pop culture references in them. Um, I saw an episode where Casper goes and meets like a ghost dog, and he does so by going into this uh, cemetery called S. King's Pet Cemetery. So, I mean, oh. little, little things you notice <laughs> when you go into... <laughs> that <laughs> Y'all's laugh was so fake to me <laughs> but thank you um but this so this show had that those those little little fast references and i appreciated it um but overall i have very little to no interest of re-watching more of this show i watched about two episodes it was fine it's not a crappy mm. show by any means but when you have some of these great voice actors and you know the people behind some other two really nostalgic shows for me this one just kind of fell flat and didn't hit it for me. So, I mean, we're mm. flying through the show, but um, you know, what are your thoughts on the on on this one? Uh, I mean, I, I watched a couple episodes of it. It was okay, but I nothing really landed for me. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's definitely it was a show that if I had been in the right age, like between like seven and ten, I probably would have loved the show, especially if I was around that time when the movie came out. But by the time this, I mean, I was like this show came out, I was like 15 to 17. So this was well past the realm of when I was really watching cartoons. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Other than like the Simpsons. So I barely remember this show. Uh, I actually didn't watch it for this episode because I misunderstood. (laughs) I watched the old Casper cartoons like 
you know, I just thought that was smarter. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's probably made a little bit more sense. So, so, so give us like a quick little, you know, thought on the old school show. It's cute. It's cute. It's got like the the little like um, the orchestra in the background where it's like dun 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 dun. Oh dun, yeah, like, really kind of classic. Yeah, kind of cheesy. Very classic, like Looney Tunish. Yeah, that's hard. It's hard for me to watch some of that stuff. But back in, but at that time, yeah, that was really how they did it. That was back when like animal cruelty was kind of funny in cartoons for some reason <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> i'm not that i think animal cruelty is nice by the way no. i'm just saying what? like yeah. i was like damn leave that cat alone was casper was, casper t- was he torturing little animals and stuff well not casper but he was like protecting people like there's one that i watched where this elephant escapes from the zoo because she's her her baby is missing and they start shooting at the elephant because she's going crazy and i'm like uh you have an elephant and like uh like a 10 foot by 10 foot like cage like of course she's gonna go crazy mm-hmm. um that's just me and my my animal activist voice like leave <laughs> her alone you gotta stop and understand her she's a billion pounds but no uh the ghost uh the casper part i like the 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 voice is very like oh man why can't i have any friends oh yeah. man you that, know that's a cheesy voice i like Classic. i I do remember that that you did it really well, but like that that kind of um, voice doesn't work as well for me as the Casper from the movie and the cartoon. It just I don't know. It actually came across yeah. as a much better, you know, twelve year old boy voice would. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, not much to do or say about the Casper cartoon show, but none of us were all particularly <laughs> nostalgic for it anyway. Um, what I'm more excited about is casting Casper. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... There's an odd, unexplainable phenomenon haunting Pizza Hut. Is it another worldly spirit compelling these people to eat their pizza the wrong way? No, it's new stuffed crust pizza with a ring of cheese baked in the edge of a totally new, thinner crust. Incoming! And with a large just $9.99, every living person will be eating it the wrong way crust first. Hey, look! I'm eating like a fleshy tooth! <laughs> and even so, not so living. you love the stuff we made of Pizza Hut! All right, so now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned at the top, we are going to be recasting the Casper movie uh, into using actors of today. Uh, we narrowed it down to just a few uh, characters, just about five of them. Most of the the main human ones um, didn't want to have to redo the voices. That's There's a whole slew of people you could probably get for those. Plus, mm-hmm. there's three of us. So, I mean, we might have done yeah. more if it was just Adam and I, but there's three of us, and that's can take long enough as it is you mean like the firefly episode where you made me recast like <laughs> 12 people i'm saying we learned our lesson from that and we oh, shortened right, the right, list right. <laughs> okay uh so we will uh we will cast casper obviously because he's the title character we'll also do cat dr harvey and kerrigan and dibs so let's start with Dibs and Tess. Let, why don't you start us off? Who did you pick for Dibs? Okay, so I was trying to find somebody that was very like sidekickish, but also kind of funny, and also like could play an evil sidekick, kind of you know, with bad intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, he reminded me of Peter McNichol from Dracula: Dead and Loving It. He played uh, Renfield, and he was also the camp counselor in Adam's Family. Um, the second one, the 1993 movie where they go to the camp. 
I don't know if you remember him. Hmm. I guess not. <laughs> I do. Hold on. I just I just need to see him real quick. Um, but yeah. I, I absolutely remember the camp scene. I mean, mainly I remember um, Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday in like her little like, yeah, like uh, the Native American get up. And it's just it's just funny. But mm-hmm. all right. What was his name? Peter McNichol. M-A-C-N-I-C-O-L. Yeah. Okay, I remember him best from Ghostbusters 2. He was... Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, too. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He was the, um like, Iv- Igor... or no, He was, like, the, the little henchman for the, like, the, oh, the main yeah. bad guys. Yeah, he is funny. Mm-hmm. He would be a good... He would absolutely be a good, like, side guy. Because I've seen him do it yeah. before. This is a good call. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I did a big, long stint on uh, Veep. Yeah. Oh, well. Cool. I like that. Good okay. choice. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam, uh, who did you go with? Well, me and Tess were on the same page, at least when it came to characters or actors on the show Veep. Um, I, <laughs> I went with a guy who I think is really funny as like a secondary character. Most people would probably know him from his run on Arrested Development, but he's a really funny guy. I think he would be a very funny dibs. I went with Tony Hale. Is he? He's Forky, too. He's the voice of Forky. Yes, he's the voice of Forky. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, in uh, mm-hmm. um, Toy Story 4. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's actually a really good one. I like that pick. Cool. Thank you. I'm trying to see what I... Because uh, I never watched Arrested Development. I kind of remember him from Veep. I'm trying to see okay. if there's anything else that he was in, like, live action that I would remember him from. I mean, those are the those are definitely the two big ones. Okay. So... What about you, John? What about... Oh, what did I pick? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, you're I was going to keep talking about, about how I, how I didn't know whether or not okay. Tony, Hale, uh, Tony Hale does the voice, a couple of different voices on the Harley Quinn show. And I know you watched that one, John. Maybe that yeah, one. Yeah, she's the, he's a psycho, right? Yeah, Dr. Psycho. Yeah. Oh, I love that character. I thought he was annoying at first, but he grew on me. Okay. <laughs> um, so Eric Idle is kind of a quirky Englishman. So I went with another quirky Englishman. Uh, and actually, he's kind of a one-to-one because he kind of looks like Eric Idle a little bit. So okay. uh, mine was definitely kind of a one-to-one. Um, I've seen him in a bunch of different stuff, doing different things, but I've definitely seen him do a lot of kind of British comedy type stuff. And his name is Steve Coogan. Oh, I know Steve Coogan. Yeah. Funny guy. Yeah. I, I can totally see the the uh, Eric Idle look to him. He's kind of mm-hmm. got that, yeah, that, that British long face look. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. A very funny dude. I, so, I, I cool, I'm cool with that. Definitely kind of a one-to-one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to Kerrigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, why don't you start us with your Kerrigan? The bitch is back, Kerrigan. <laughs> um, I had a couple different people in mind, but ultimately I went with this actress because she is so damn funny. Now, she's not typically, like, playing the bitch role, but I know she could because she does everything, uh, mainly partly from her work on Saturday Night Live. So she has to kind of be able to improv her way into any situation. And she can probably have some of, like, the like a crazy hair, crazy Kerrigan kind of thing if she wanted it. I just love her. I want to see her on a bunch of stuff. I went with Maya Rudolph. Oh. oh. I love Maya Rudolph. I haven't yeah. seen her play like an evil person yet, but Ex- I bet you she could. Exactly. That's also part of my thoughts is she's usually, you know, like just a sweet, sweet person in a lot of her things. But I can guarantee she could put on the crazy if she needed to and, and have fun with that role. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. So I like that call cool. a lot. I went with a, an actress who 
Uh, she's not really known for doing a lot of uh, comedic things, but she she's been in a lot of stuff, and and, and she's just really good. She's been in a lot of uh, like weird, some weird, creepy things. She was in American, yeah, American Horror Story. Mm, I know who you're gonna pick. I think. Oh, who am I gonna pick? It's it's the main girl. She's also Nurse Ratchet. Miley Cyrus. I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't Miley Cyrus in American Horror Story? Uh, Lady Gaga was. I don't know. Was Miley? Cyrus? Oh, maybe that that could be who I was thinking of. Yeah, uh, some but pop star. Y- yes, I am. I'm picking Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Sarah, okay. Sarah Paulson. Oh, nice. That's a good call. I like. Mm-hmm. She would be like maniacally murderously evil. Yeah. A little more okay. darker. That's all right. I'm, I don't. I don't mind with a little bit. A little bit dark. We can go a little <laughs> bit darker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm so fine she with played, that. She played Nurse Ratchet in American Horror Story. I'm sorry. She plays Nurse Ratchet in the new show that's on Netflix. I, there's a new horror show on Netflix. Oh, she's, she okay. plays Nurse Ratchet from the Nurse Ratchet in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. So she's taking over. Yeah. That's that's kind of a surprise to me. I didn't know that they did like a spinoff with that character. Brand okay. new. It was like this week or something. Yeah. Oh wow. Cool. Well, I mean, yeah. If she can be, you know, already like an evil villain like that, she can probably guarantee she could knock this one out of the park. True. Yeah. I mean, she's great cool. actress. Holy crap! She's yeah. Ocean's Eight, Twelve Years a Slave, uh, Glass, American Horror Story. Yeah, she's got a lot of credits. She's really good. She's incredible. I chose. I was trying to find someone for Kerrigan that can play like an evil, but also make it kind of funny. And this is maybe left field, but this is like a not so famous Meryl Streep, and I'm talking about the Meryl Streep from Death Becomes Her. Because she's like she plays a really greedy character that's just after being like beautiful and having riches and stuff, which is what Kerrigan is after here. Okay, so I mean, you're okay. you're picking Meryl Streep. Yeah, I know that's a huge one, but like, uh, yes, like yeah, I if love, she, I loved who she was in Death Becomes Her. That is a great call with the Death Becomes Her. If she wants to play Casper, I would be okay with it or, or <laughs> anything. She could be absolutely anything. She's fucking Meryl Streep. So, yes. If she wants to play the station wagon, I don't <laughs> <Yes>. care. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Station wagon cameo by, by Meryl Streep. <laughs> and I would I would be like, Oscar, done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, she, she'd be a good villain, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. That was all of us, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was all of us. <laughs> all right. All right. So, on to Dr. Harvey. Uh, I guess I'll go first with this one. Mm-hmm. I... I had a little bit of trouble at first, and then I settled on in on someone who I really like, and I really like what he's doing behind the camera more often than not lately, but I, th- I think this could be a fun little sort of, not cameo, obviously it's a bigger role, but you know it's a fun little thing for him, and it's right in his wheelhouse, because he's doing a lot of horror, and he used to do comedy. Uh, I went with Jordan Peele. Okay, yeah. I yeah, I'd okay. like to see him in front of the camera some more. Again, even though he's doing yeah. some fan I mean, could he could you let him direct this one too? Well, it, that might I'd be fine. I'd be fine with both if that's what yeah. he wanted. I mean, Actually, it it yeah. would still need to be like a little bit a for kid. the kids. Yes. So, I agree. <laughs> I, I I was trying to I was trying to think like, okay, do I want to make this a little bit more kind of serious kind of like how they did with the chilling adventures of Sabrina? Like they kind of mm. take that they, they they kind of turned that into a little bit more of a Right. Seriously, kind of thing, but they Dark, can't with Casper. Yeah. Casper's Casper's the friendly ghost. He's not. He's right. not the the serious ghost. So I agree. It still has to have a lot of the comic <laughs> elements. That's a different movie. Casper the yeah. serious ghost. It's another yeah. dimension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not mad at that one. That's cool. Okay. I like uh, that. Yeah, I'll take it. Jordan Peele's awesome. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Um, sure. I chose a not famous Tom Hanks. 
because he can do the like, oh my god, and also like I'm a father, but I don't know what I'm doing, and also like the drunk father that's like I don't know what I'm doing. So basically, you you basically cast Colin Hanks. Yeah, Colin Hanks. There you go. Who's Colin Hanks? His son. That's his son. I, you know what? Yeah, I'm not famous <laughs> Tom Hanks. I guess so. Yeah, I like Colin. Every time I see him in something, I'm like, oh, your face is so nice. Uh, except didn't he didn't he get caught in like the Me Too movement, Colin Hanks? Did he really? Yeah, Did I think he? so. I, think I don't so. remember. There was I something. Hope I hope that's a lie. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. I'm thinking of Casey Affleck. Oh my gosh! Why are you starting rumors? <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to. Like, I, I don't mean to degrade the cut the Hanks family. The Hanks family is just a great. They're just fantastic people. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, Adam. Who did you pick for Doctor Irving? Okay. I'm sorry. After I uh, ruined the uh, illustrious name of Colin Hanks. There's no filter when Adam talks. I think. But go ahead. <laughs> No. Why would I? <laughs> Why would I? Yeah, I, wouldn't, I don't want to podcast and then not be able to just say stupid shit. Um, right. I feel you. I, so I went with, uh, when it comes to sitcom dads, I, I was getting kind of a sitcom dad feel from yeah. Bill Pullman. Um, and so it's kind of similar kind of vibe that I would want. And John, I've, I've used this whole damn family because I love this show. And I've actually used this actor before, but I don't care. He's funny. The show that he has is awesome. Obviously, I'm talking about, well, some people might know I'm talking about the show Blackish. I went with Anthony Anderson as my Dr. Harvey. The guy oh, is a great funny. actor. Yeah. He's hilarious, but he can also be serious. He was he was good in The Departed as a serious actor. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just overall, he's one of my favorite sitcom dads right now. So um, I think he would be a, a good call for Dr. Harvey. You know who would also be a good call? Because the way you were building it up, I thought you were going to say like Bob Saget. He would also oh. be kind of funny for this role. Like how he played Danny Tanner, though. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You'd have to go back in time. I think right now he'd probably have to play like the grandpa. Or he'd maybe be an interesting dibs, but he's he's too old for Cat's dad for me yeah. now. Yeah. But he's back so in the old, day. He'd be a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Uh, all right. Let's move on to. Uh, do you want to do Cat? Or Let's Casper last. And Casper can be last. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Adam, who is your cat? Yeah. So you need to have cute female lead who would be able to hold most of this movie a good bit between her. And, like, you have to have, like, strong – between the Casper and the cat, you have to have some strong actors um, for, for kid actors. Uh, my actress, she has been uh, in a not very good movie with The Rock called Skyscraper <laughs> as one of her one of his kids in that one. Um, she's you also, say it's not good. <laughs> I say it's not good. <laughs> and I'm right. Uh, but then also she has been in 50-something episodes of The Young and the Restless. So she's she's become a pretty, you know, just experienced actress. Um, she's right in the age range I was looking for. Her name is McKenna Roberts. Oh. But, okay. Have you used her before? Um, if I have, I've forgotten. So I don't think I have. Okay. But it's possible. We've done so many castings, John. I, for, I absolutely forget. <laughs> I know. We used to track it, and then I got way too lazy on about writing them all down. So it's <laughs> writing like, it uh, down exactly. Yeah, totally cute. She's totally cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. she's she's okay. totally cute. So. Yeah, not in anything mm-hmm. else I I've seen, mm-hmm. but she looks like she could hold the movie. So I'll give you that. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, she's yeah. she's about thirteen right now, which is right around that age, same age as I think Christina Ricci was probably about thirteen, fourteen when she filmed this. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. Castor was supposed to be twelve, so I think this this fits well. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. All right, Tess, who did you go with? I chose uh, young Evan Rachel Wood because she's got that, like, those big eyes, like, very curious. 
um, very, she's very good at like really deep, impactful roles. So she would do well with like, as the daughter without a mother kind of thing. And like, just like her, her digestion of running into ghosts. I think she could do a good job with that as well. Okay. She's a good actress. So I'm sure 12 year old Ray, Evan Rachel Wood was a good actress too. So that's when she was in the movie 13. Do you remember that movie? Uh, that was, a, I think a little bit past my time. 13. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember, remember that. Is that. Is that, is that a mermaid movie? Oh my god! No, no, no! She was like a druggy <laughs> kid. I see. I, okay, so obviously I never saw thirteen. <laughs> I don't know it at all. Okay, well, uh, don't know what to tell you. Okay, all right. So, I I really think that there's been like one actress who's kind of taken sort of the the young horror route hey, in every all right, all right, all right. in from I, I have to defend myself because there is a Disney mermaid, mermaid movie called The 13th Year. That's what I was okay. thinking of. Okay, you're <laughs> okay. right. I know that movie too. But no, I guess when I was a kid, the movie 13 came out and it's about like Evan Rachel Wood and her bestie whatever. They do like a bunch of like fucked up 13-year-old shit. Um uh, just being a 13-year-old and so it was like a big deal when I was okay. when I was that age. But I guess you were already well into your 20. Well, no, no. You're like not that much older than me. You were like I'm, out of I'm high five school, years. so you wouldn't have yeah, cared. Five, yeah. At 2003, I was a junior in high school. So that's just a little mm-hmm. bit pro- yeah. Right on. A little well, past it. I'm glad that you looked at it. I love that Adam has to always defend <laughs> I, himself. I knew like, I remember. Wait, my mind went there because. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had I had tied in 13 with mermaids and I'm like, why is it there? And I had to figure that out. <laughs> All right. Forgiven. Thank you. <laughs> All right, John. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. All right. <laughs> Take two. All right. Uh, I've, I've always found that there's been like in sort of like the teen horror aspect, there's always been one actress who kind of dominates every kind of decade. Like in the 80s, it was Winona Ryder. Uh, mm. in, the, in the 90s, it was Christina Ricci. I don't really know who it would have been in the 2000s, but I definitely think for the 2010s, uh, it's been Millie Bobby Brown. So I put her mm. as my oh, cat. That's actually a yep. really good one. Yeah, that's like an def- obvious one. Like, I yeah, that it's an obvious that. one. And yes, yeah. I know some people are going to be confused by the fact that I put her with Jordan Peele as the dad. But I don't. You, however, you want to spin it, you can spin it. Who cares? I just wanted. I just wanted the two actors who I liked yeah. to be in those roles. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Makes sense. I didn't really yeah. build the family. I just built it based on the character. <laughs> right. That's cool. She, yeah, she's mm-hmm. awesome. You almost never gonna have me say a, a bad word about her. I know. I've used her so much, but she I think she was kind of the obvious choice and that's who I would have gone with. I mean, she's yeah. she's a big enough name now. She definitely would have sold the, she would sell the movie. Mm-hmm. Like Christina Ricci, well not she kind of did for that one. because um, she was already well oh, yeah. known at that point for other for stuff, sure. especially as have Wednesday seen, Adams. Have you guys seen Millie Bobby Brown's new movie on Netflix? It's called like Alona. It's Alone and, Backwards. It's like Elona Holmes. No, but I've seen the ads for it, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. It's like a it's like a um Sherlock, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes thing, yeah? yeah. I, I have not I have not Sherlock seen Sherlock Holmes is her brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. And have, Helen Bottom Carter plays her mom. Oh, that makes yeah. way too much sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um John, you should definitely have your your um daughter watch it. It's so good. So it's kid friendly? I'd say so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, mm-hmm. we'll try that. Uh, oh, we're on Casper. Okay. <laughs> we're there. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to start off with my Casper because I kind of went with a little bit of an unknown for this. Uh, I Because here's the, here's the thing. I don't know if they would use this kid for the voice because they obviously used a different kid for the, the real person as they did, you know, as opposed to the voice. So yeah. I cast the real kid. I didn't really care, me, you know. Yeah, me too. You know, who they um, end up with for the voice um and i this he's probably a little bit older 
than uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown's about 16 right now. I probably could do 16 or 18, but they can skew him younger if they want um, mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but he's a good-looking kid, so that's what I went with is a kid named Judah Lewis. Good-looking kid. Get some of those Devin Sawa vibes. I, you guys yeah, I, definitely I, turn into, like, old men. That's a good-looking kid. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen a single thing he's in, but... Uh, he's in Cobra Kai, right? Uh, no, no, he's not in Cobra Kai. Oh, but I know that that kid. That is a good-looking kid, too, the Cobra yeah. Kai kid. I think I looked at him, though, when I was looking at stuff. I consider that guy. I don't remember what his name yeah. was. All right. Uh, Adam, let's go to you. Yeah, I just want to say Judah definitely looks like a 90s heartthrobby kind of kind of kid. <laughs> it's got, he's um, got that, like, part down the middle, like yeah. <laughs> the blonde. So, All right, Adam. Uh, you know my thoughts on on casting kids. Yeah. Um, we saved it till the end, and I just picked a kid who I actually hadn't used before. And so oh. I'm like, okay, I don't think so because I don't remember picking this guy. He's been in that show, This Is Us which is a really popular dramatic show. So I figured, okay, he can kind of use those dramatic skills to go into a ghost. Uh, He's, I think, yeah, he's 13 right now. So he kind of fits right around the age range that I've got with, um, you know, with Cat to kind of be a a heartthrob for Cat, I guess. I don't know if he's as good looking as your Judah, uh, but you know what? He's he's a kid. They'll make him look good. Don't judge a kid based on their looks. (laughs) Damn. I mean, you know what? When you see an He's ugly, an ugly baby, kid, okay? when I see an ugly baby, I know it's an ugly baby. I'm not going to <laughs> pussyfoot around it. And if I can see a kid, it doesn't mean I'm attracted to the kid. It means I can tell oh if a kid God, is, is better looking speed. than another kid. That's all I'm talking about. <laughs> that's all it is. I'm not saying, wow, that's a good looking kid. They could be a model or that's an ugly kid. That's a fuggo. You know, you can tell. Oh my God. And I'd say John's kid is is better looking than mine. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> hey, Adam, do you want to borrow my shovel to dig no. yourself deeper into this hole? This is, that is, there's no hole. I am just <laughs> clarifying my stance. His name is Parker Bates. Look him up. He's fine. He's in, he's in, uh, this is us. <laughs> okay. I'm looking him up. Adam, I have to give you shit. I'm sorry. I know you do. <laughs> I okay. think you used that same shovel line last time you were on Firefly. Cause I did, I did yeah. the same kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I did it when you were on for the long Halloween in 31 Days. Oh, that's, too. yes, that's what it was. See, he, wow. I couldn't believe what you said. I was like, uh, did he just say that on air? How do I come back from this? Here you go, Adam. Here's your shovel. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway, yes, he's a cute kid. Very cute. Not a fugly kid. <laughs> I can't. She's All right, it. Tess. Okay. Close this out. All right. So I uh, double cast him. I cast, I did the voice and then I did the kid. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so I think that the kid should be obviously a young Leo DiCap, a little <laughs> DiCaprio going on in there, but he would be too attractive. I'd be like, wait, no, don't mm-hmm. die, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be a ghost. Um, but as the voice, I cast the kid who did Finding Nemo's voice, Alexander Gold. Okay. I yeah. could see that. Yeah, it's a good voice. Yeah. Actually, you probably yeah. still do it today. Absolutely, probably. Yeah. Most of those most of those kid actors seem to retain their young voices. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, I think cool, some cool. Uh, some good picks. Uh, before we before we head out, Tess, why don't you tell us where we can find you out in the cyberspaces? 
Sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at OCD Podcast, Facebook at Facebook.com slash OCD Podcast, and Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod. And if you love horror Halloween comics, go hop on over to OCD Podcast where you can hear the Spees brothers talk about their favorite horror Halloween comics mm. as well as... Uh, What's that? 29 other people who talk about their favorite horror <laughs> Halloween comics every single day of October. You're like, oh my gosh, this girl's crazy. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yes. Because it didn't work during quarantine and she <laughs> wanted something to do. So she did it. So you're, you're, when you came up with that idea and said you were going to do that, I was like, holy shit, Tess. Like that is <laughs> legit crazy. But you, you knocked it out. Thanks. Thanks for uh, visiting on OCD for that project. I appreciate you Of guys. course. And thank you for coming on here to talk uh, Casper with us. Yeah, yes. thanks for having me. Happy to be here. All right. That was our recasting of the Casper movie. Please join us next time as we continue the month of Halloween fun here on the Blast From Our Past podcast. Next week, we are going to talk our top 10 movie monsters with Tim Manis of Talking Back. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hello, darling. It's me, Tessianos, host of the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. And if I got a Halloween treat for you. This October, I am hosting a horror comic marathon for 31 days. That's right, my frightful fiends. Every single day from October 1st to October 31st, OCD will review a horror comic to count down to the greatest holiday ever conjured. You can follow OCD on Instagram and OCD Podcast, Facebook at facebook.com OCD Podcast, and Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod. It's going to be a hauntingly good time, so be there or, or just... Just be there, ooh.